You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome back to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here, your host. Uh, my co-host Sean McChesney unfortunately could not make it this week, but um, going to be reviewing what happened this week in the world of professional wrestling. There is a lot that went down. You know, going to talk about a little bit about what happened at Money in the Bank last weekend, a little bit of the events of Monday Night Raw and AEW, uh, some, some wrestling news that happened this week. Uh, looking previewing the Double or Nothing card. I've been saying for the past couple weeks that I thought that Double or Nothing was going to be happening this weekend. Unfortunately, it's not happening until next weekend. Thank God I found that out because I would have been doing AEW predictions and that would have made me look like a friggin' moron. Anyway, I usually say this at the end of the podcast, but uh, to start off real quickly, please be sure that you're listening to us on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podbean, wherever you get your podcast formats from. We appreciate you listening to us. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review. Uh, download, subscribe, hit all those buttons that you could possibly think of. Anything you do possibly uh, that you do will greatly help the podcast. And write a review, leave us five stars. If you love pro wrestling, just tell your friends about this. I don't know if you heard that little text tone in there. But uh, anyway, here we go. So... First off, I'm going to start off with the big, big news that happened on Monday Night Raw. Becky Lynch comes down to the ring, and she's got the women's money in the bank briefcase in her hands. And we're wondering, why does Becky have that? That belongs to Asuka. Asuka won the money in the bank briefcase for the women. Becky Lynch comes out, called out Asuka. She opens the briefcase, and it's the Raw Women's Championship. She talked to the... Uh, executives of money of WWE and said instead of it being for the women's champion uh, for the money the bank briefcase let's make it for the championship opens up the, t- uh, the briefcase Oscar is the raw women's women's championship uh, women's champion that's what the match was actually for so Oscar was excited she was running around screaming and he's I'm the champion and Becky Lynch was like that's right you know you are the champion and you go out there, you be a warrior because I'm going to go and be a mother. Drops the mic. And it's just shocking. Becky Lynch is pregnant. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are going to be expecting their first child later this year. So a congratulations to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Uh, just It was a very... It was just a very sweet moment. Asuka genuinely, she did not know it was going on. That's what the reports are saying. She, so her reaction was genuine. She, and the whisper, like, you're going to be a mother. Oh, my God, Becky, congratulations. Like, I don't want to go any further than that and get in trouble. But the fact is that Asuka's reaction was genuine. She was happy for Becky, and Becky's happy. But at the same time, she's also sad because she's going to be gone from the WWE for quite a long, long time. We don't know when she's going to be coming back at all. Um, she had put out a tweet of uh, a, her jacket said, I am the man. She uh, basically saying, you know, when she came here to the States that she didn't know anybody. She didn't have any family. She didn't know where her career was going to go. And now she's leaving the place where she started being the PC uh, with a new family. 
and she can't wait to see what the uh, what the future has in store for them. So um, it's shocking. Um, happy for Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. You know they're going to be expecting their first child. Uh, if that kid wants to become a pro wrestler, I mean, you can't get better than the genetics of Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. I mean, that kid is going to be one of the greats if he or she decides to wrestle, which I'm pretty sure they probably will. But anyway, uh, this goes to the question of how long is Becky going to be out of WWE for? It's a really interesting time considering how they've just lost their two biggest stars in the company and Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns, as we talked about last a little bit last week, me and Sean, that uh, we decide that, that he decided to stay home, not only just for his health, but for his family's health, because his wife just gave birth to two newborn twins. So he's going to be gone for the foreseeable future, uh, at least until this pandemic starts going down. We don't know when he's going to come back. Becky Lynch, he's, she's going to have a baby, and we don't know when she will come back because, you know, obviously she'll be off from, from being pregnant and everything, but she'll also be gone spending time with that child, being there for that child, you know, because it's very important for the early years of the child's life that the mother be involved in the, the early stages of its life. But there's another thing that uh, there's no, apparently reports are saying that there's no pressure for Seth Rollins to stick around and wrestle all the time because they understand that if the, he doesn't want to be there for, be- if, you know, because he has to be there for his fiance, and potentially you could be losing Seth Rollins too. Um, I would think, as much as, ha- as happy as Seth Rollins is that him and Becky Lynch are going to have a kid, I think it's also the fact that he also loves re- pro wrestling and he still wants to do it. He's very much a company guy. Like Seth Rollins is, oh, he, he may not always say the right thing sometimes, and he's got himself into a bit of hot water. But you can't deny that he's a company guy, and he loves the company, and they've treated him very well over the years. And he just wants to get back to that. Um, but yeah, Becky Lynch is going to be a mom later this year. Apparently, in December, their baby is due. Um, I I just think it's funny that at the end of WrestleMania last year, Ronda Rousey leaves. And one of her reasons being, you know, oh, she wants to go start a family and everything. And she's been gone from the company for over a year now. There's no news of Rhonda being pregnant. And Becky gets pregnant. Mm, I don't know. I was messing around, you know. I don't know what's going on with Rhonda's personal life. But anyway, that's another podcast for another day. But the question of the matter is, what are they going to do? The ratings are going down week by week. Sure, there was a bit of a better rating this week they generated a little over 2 million viewers on raw this week um but you can say it's the pandemic or whatever no fans i mean yes the the pandemic and everything everything going on um it's just that the raw ratings and the smackdown ratings were bad even before the pandemic happened you know raw was just struggling to stay in between the two to three million mark and now they're like little under a million viewers a week now um and the lack of star power shows you know you put all your eggs in, into one in, into the Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch basket and now you're ha- you're struggling trying to build up other guys um you know hence they had to bring back Edge and Randy Orton for the uh, for this week but we'll get into that a little bit later i think the problem here is now they're at a at a point where we don't know what to do, and I'm afraid that the answer is that they're just going to push Baron Corbin, because Vince McMahon just loves him, Baron Corbin, and I don't know why. I mean, he could be an effective heel and everything, but 
I just don't think Baron Corbin is very entertaining or anything. I just don't like Baron Corbin. Which, speaking of Baron Corbin, uh, the wild card rule apparently is back. Or they're calling the Superstar Invitational. I don't know. I don't know. I hated the wild card rule last year. I hate whatever it's being called this year. It's just the brand split is gone, and they think, and that's what Vince McMahon thinks is that oh, we'll get every all the big stars on one show every week, and like no, that's not what you're gonna. That's not what you do. That's not how you make stars. That's not how you do anything. I get that. I can understand if a lot of people don't want to watch wrestling with no people. Excuse me. I get it, but at the same time. You can't put all that blame on there. You have a lot of talented guys and talented girls that you could elevate all the way to the top level like Becky Lynch did. And there's plenty of people I can name that you can put on that pedestal. You can put Rhea Ripley there. You can put Bianca Belair there because apparently now she's on Raw. You could put a guy like Aleister Black there for the men. You could put uh, Buddy Murphy there for the men, you know, Uh there's a lot of talent on that roster, and you should be doing... This should now be the time where you try and find new stars and make new stars. I mean, for God's sake, it's taken a global pandemic for them to be entertaining with a lot of their matches with the cinematic uh, ways of how they've done things. Going to go back a minute now. Uh, real quickly with Money in the Bank, um, I thought Money in the Bank was actually a pretty decent show. I really enjoyed the match between Braun Strowman and, and Bray Wyatt. There's a lot of character work in there. I loved how Bray was coming down to the ring, and he's like, you guys are doing a great job, no matter what anybody says, pointing to Corey Graves and Michael Cole, you know, because people give them shit on the internet about their commentary. Uh, I loved how the puppets were there every now and again, and the character work between Braun and Bray was fantastic. Uh, getting all the puppets there and thinking that Braun uh, actually came back to the fold. They're like, yay, Bray, you did it. He's back. He's back. Um, and then all being a ruse and Braun taking the sheep mask, destroying it. Um, I like how I like how this has been going because it will further feud the story between, uh, for, further build the story between Braun and Bray, where Bray, he said, I kind of saying like, you know, I came here because I didn't want him to hurt you. I wanted it to be easy for you so you could come back. But now that he's done this, it's like, well, now I have to bring him in. Like, it's kind of funny that, that this this Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt is the voice of reason, and that's no longer the character of Bray Wyatt. And like, like that's just a spokesman, whereas the Fiend is the danger in Bray Wyatt. So it's not a big deal that Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, lost in this sense because that's no longer the source of power it's the fiend the fiend is is where the power lies and i'll be interested to see what happens next as uh, time goes on um going out through a little bit more of the pay-per-view um like i said drew mcintyre versus seth rollins was a great match uh, a lot of fun here uh, a lot of uh just a really good workhorse great match uh, I thought Rollins being McIntyre's first opponent was absolutely a perfect pick. Uh, I really don't see anybody else you could put McIntyre against who would be a credible opponent at the moment other than Seth Rollins. Uh, I don't think Seth Rollins is going to be continuing the feud with uh, uh, with Drew McIntyre, but it was a good match, a fun match. Uh, two of these guys are my favorites in the roster right now. And, um, and hell, Drew McIntyre kicked out of a Claymore, uh, not Claymore kick, of a of a curb stomp 
losing my my uh, focus there. Um, which not too many people get to do. In fact, is he the first person to kick out of it? He probably isn't. I don't know, but I'd have to think about that for a second. But that's a big deal. I got to kick out of a curve stomp because hardly anybody, almost nobody, kicks out of that damn move. And just uh, the closing sequences of the match was great. You know, Seth hitting a super kick, Drew getting thrown to the ropes, and then boom, Claymore kick out of nowhere. I love the Claymore kick. Just any any finisher with a kick is just going to be the best finisher. Claymore kick, black uh, black mass, they're fantastic. Moving on to a few other things that happened on um, on the pay-per-view real quickly before I get back to Monday Night Raw. Sorry if I'm a little all over the place, but I just had to talk about the breaking news first with Becky Lynch. So, uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match, the men's and women's Money in the Bank ladder match happening at the same exact time. Uh, again, taking advantage of the situation, making like a cinematic movie in Titan Towers. Uh, at first, I was not sure what I thought, what I was going to think about this. At first, I didn't like it when it was first announced. But this, oh my god, it was a lot of fun. Um, they acknowledge that Carmella is a two-time Money in the Bank ladder match winner. Um, uh, that's technically true. Uh, they don't want you to remember that James Ellsworth won the Money in the Bank ladder match. The first women's Money in the Bank ladder match was won by a man. Don't you ever forget that. Um... I loved how the men started in the weight room, the women started on the bottom floor by the excuse me, by the by the elevator in the lobby. It started off with AJ coming in and then Otis like, Oh yeah, oh yeah, AJ, come on, AJ, come on, let's do it, AJ. Oh yeah, look at my big like freaking Otis is just a, a gift from God and we thank him every day for Otis. This was a lot of fun. Uh the the all the women who had came out, their Oscar's music is playing. We're wondering where's Oscar, and then there she is on the top, and she jumps on them, goes into the elevator. Is <laughs> the only person who got to be in the elevator. Uh, women got to be in the elevator. Everybody else comes running upstairs. Oscar's dancing in the elevator. Um, it was a lot of fun. You see, you got a brother love cameo after you've taken a shit, and there's Rey Mysterio just staring at him. <laughs> uh, I think my some of my favorite parts of this match was when they were in the. Uh, I don't know where they were, but Paul Heyman was, I guess, the catering area, and he was about to start eating. And then they started a food fight with all of them. I mean, at one point, you had Rey Mysterio getting in a chokehold by Shayna Baszler. And then I believe Nia Jax and Otis. Was it Nia Jax and Otis? I'm not sure. They bump into each other, like, just destroying Rey Mysterio. Uh, Heyman beside himself because he can't eat anymore. Um, when they get up to the top of Titan Towers, you see Asuka there. I think Carmella is there. I'm not exactly sure. Baron Corbin's there and is fighting Asuka for the women's Money in the Bank briefcase, which I did not understand at all, but uh, but okay. But Asuka won the women's Money in the Bank uh, ladder match, which we, we, uh, we established that earlier. Uh, and then came the men. Uh, it was the men's turn to try and fight for the... Uh, money. Uh, men's briefcase. Uh, in the ring. Uh, here. Well, here comes. Uh, here comes Baron Corbin, Otis, AJ Styles, Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, and what's f- funny about this? Baron Corbin killed two people. He threw AJ Styles. I'm sorry, Aleister Black, 
and Rey Mysterio off the roof, and they're dead. Uh, but Rey Mysterio's explanation is, don't worry, there was another smaller roof up from the big roof where I fell off of. Sure, Rey. Sure there was. Aleister Black, I guess he's just a vampire. He turned himself into a bat and flew away. Who knows? Anyway, in the ring left, there's AJ Styles, there's Baron Corbin, and then there's Otis in the ring. Uh, AJ and Baron are fighting. AJ and Baron both got the briefcase off of the hook. They're fighting. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And then Elias comes in out of nowhere and hits Baron Corbin on the back with a guitar. And then Otis catches the Money in the Bank briefcase. Otis is Mr. Money in the Bank. And he yells, Yo, Mandy! I did it! I... Shocked, to say the least. Shocked. Happy. Uh, some people may think it's stupid, but I think it's great. I love Otis. Um, there are reports saying that he possibly could use the Money in the Bank briefcase for him and Tucker to get a tag team title match, which is something we've never seen before. Because let's be honest, as much as we love Otis, I don't think he's going to be winning the Universal or WWE Championship anytime soon or within the next year or so. I just don't see it happening. Um, but he's in a prominent storyline already, uh, and I guess they're probably figured, you know, why not just go with him? Uh, I figured they would have gave it to AJ Styles because, you know, AJ, and they just want to give him another notch under his belt. The right person probably was Aleister Black, uh, but hey, Otis, I'm interested to see what they can do. But the one thing I just want to see him do, I want to see them cut to a thing backstage where he's got the briefcase open in front of him, and he's just got every single meat imaginable. Just get ham, turkey, salami, uh, pepperoni, you know, all the, all the good meat. Like, just like he's making a sandwich in the Money in the Bank briefcase. Just have Otis keep his lunch in the Money in the Bank briefcase. That's what I want to see. I really want to see get some really good comedy spots, uh, comedy moments out of this, out of this, uh, out of Otis holding the briefcase because I think he could do a lot of funny stuff with it. Um, and I guess, you know, why not just roll with it, you know? Hell, if he did become WWE Champion or Universal Champion, I'd lose my mind. I But we'll have to wait and see. Overall, Money in the Bank was a fun show. Um, short, b- uh, but I would watch it back. Everything except for Bailey versus Tamina, because that really wasn't that good. Anyway, we'll be back over to Monday Night Raw. Uh, the Iconics made their return. They have been off TV since November, believe it or not. Uh, I have been missing the Iconics. Uh... Uh, seems they're going to be in a t- uh, d- women's tag team title program with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. They beat the champions this week on Raw. I'm happy for that. Uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are just two of the most entertaining women, uh, just two of the most entertaining wrestlers on the entire WWE roster. And the fact that they had nothing for them since November boggles my mind. They're two you can use for everything. You can, like, I don't understand why they weren't used more properly uh, however many months ago. But uh, they're back now, and uh, let's see how things go. I'm just very excited to see how they're going. I just want to hear Billy Kay every week go, you got to be choking me! I, I don't do a good Billy Kay impression. But I am just excited to see where these two go. The Iconics, like, I mean, the Iconics are just, 
very entertaining. They're both very great in the ring. I think as far as in-ring, they're very underrated, especially Peyton Royce. If you go back into uh, whatever NXT TakeOver it was, maybe in the first War Games, I believe, where they had the vacant NXT Women's Championship, it was uh, Peyton Royce, uh, Kyrie Sane, Ember Moon, and Shayna Baszler, I think. I'm not sure on that. Or it was a triple threat. I'm not sure. A triple threat or Fatal 4-Way. And Peyton Royce was excellent in this match. And I think... One day on her own, she can be absolutely amazing. But for now, her and Billy Kay together would just—it's just keep them together. Keep you know, keep them together forever. You know, you. I mean, who's to say you can't keep women in a in a tag team, whatever, together? The Bellas, you know, Lay Cool and all that shit. Just keep them together. You know, who gives a shit? And anyway, um, so to close Monday Night Raw. Uh, Edge made his return, and so did Randy Orton. Uh, if I am thinking of this correctly, I believe they were supposed to have a rematch on Raw, and I think that was another reason for the ratings to get a bigger boost, because they were coming back. Another thing I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, uh, well, one thing I failed to mention earlier with the whole wild card thing being back is that, you know, bringing back older stars and part-timers and paying them a shit ton of money instead of just building upon other other stars. Um, apparently, Edge says, you know, WrestleMania was not the end, and I want to see what's next for me. Randy Orton comes out and says, WrestleMania, we're the better, better man in a fight, but you're not the better wrestler. And apparently, he wants to have a wrestling match, straight, on, straight up one-on-one match with Edge at Backlash, which... I don't know. I, I have to wait and see what happens with this because for me, I at first, I'm just like, this is kind of dumb. Why? Th- this was an intense blood feud that ended with the proper end, uh, with the proper ending. It had the drama. Sure, that WrestleMania match was long, but it had the drama. It had the build. It had everything you could have wanted from a WrestleMania match. And... The ending was fantastic. The ending was one of my favorite things from Mania this year. I just think that... I don't know. Maybe they want to extend the feud all the way to SummerSlam. Maybe they are worried about putting Edge in the ring with somebody else yet. And Randy Orton is still the safest guy to put in in the ring with. Um, I don't know. But I just get the feeling that maybe it wasn't necessarily... Edge or Randy Orton's call for them to work with each other again so soon. I think they rather probably would have wanted want each one of them probably wanted to wait a little while. But Edge and Randy Orton are back, um, and it hasn't been officially confirmed. But apparently, uh, Edge and Randy Orton are going to have a match at Backlash. Uh, Orton laid out the challenge, and Edge did not uh, accept. Yet, but it's most likely that he will. Um, in all honesty, I probably would have waited to bring Edge back. I probably would have waited to bring Edge back, not at least until SummerSlam time. But I guess since, again, we talked about the declining ratings, I guess they wanted to try and do something. It seems like Seth Rollins is going to be in a feud with Rey Mysterio for the time being, so... But that's what I would do as Edge's opponent 
for SummerSlam. I wouldn't have a blow-off match between Edge and Randy at SummerSlam. I would have SummerSlam be Seth Rollins versus Edge because I've seen Edge and Randy Orton a million times by now. I want to see Edge get in the ring with guys who we've never seen him face before. I want to see him get in the ring with Seth Rollins, Aleister Black, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. Um, he want, I want to see him get in the ring with Roman Reigns at some point. Pro- that match is probably not going to happen for another couple of years or so. Um, considering Roman's, again, Roman is not going to be uh, on TV for a long time. You know, we want to see him get in the ring with newer guys, you know. Buddy Murphy, uh, you know, Andrade. We want to see Edge go up against all these newer guys. Uh, Edge versus AJ Styles also. So there's a long list of guys who we have not seen Edge face, and we want to see him face, uh, have, have a match with him. Uh, Kevin Owens added that list real quick too. But um, speaking of Kevin Owens... His best friend, Sami Zayn, has been stripped of the Intercontinental Championship. So, all day I've been wanting to rant about this. All fucking day. There's the F-bomb. In a time of crisis, in a time of the world is in distress... The world is scared. People are scared. Uh, People are dying, unfortunately. You know, it's a sad, sad time. People are losing their jobs. You know, they're struggling to make ends meet. And a time like this where both AEW and WWE have said to their wrestlers, talent, that if you do not feel comfortable working, there will be no hard feelings towards you. Your spot won't be taken away from you. And you don't have to worry. These are these are words coming from WWE and AEW. But apparently that's not the case. Because Sami Zayn is now stripped of his Intercontinental Championship. So you're telling me that when Brock Lesnar is either Universal or WWE Champion. And he holds on to that championship for almost a year, comes out every few months, defends his title, gets his money, goes home, and then comes back for the next match, and then does it again, eventually when he drops the title. And that's on a normal basis. This is no pandemic, none of that. This is a normal, normal time. But Sami Zayn is Intercontinental Champion, He wants to stay home because he wants to stay safe. He doesn't want anything happening to him or anyone around him. So for his own health, he wants to stay home and self-quarantine and be safe. From an average human being and a sympathetic and compassionate one, one can say, yeah, that makes sense. But you're going to you're going to make him lose his spot now? You're going to make him drop the IC title now? Andrade could have breaks with his U.S. championship, but Sami Zayn can't? You know, Becky Lynch was gone from TV. Again, we know why. You know, she's pregnant. 
she dropped her title for different circumstances because she's going to have a baby. But Sami Zayn can't drop the title. Uh, Sami Zayn has to drop the title because he doesn't want to self quarantine because he can't self quarantine because he wants to self quarantine and be safe. If you look on the other side of the coin, what they're doing with other things in WWE in NXT's brand, in the NXT brand, Jordan Devlin is still the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, but they're doing a tournament right now to crown an interim champion. So when Jordan Devlin returns, he will face the interim champion, interim champion, and they will presumably have a match, become the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Adam Cole is the NXT Champion, and he's hardly on TV. Keith Lee is hardly on TV. There are champions who are hardly on the television programming themselves. And you don't see them stripping Adam Cole of his championships. You don't see them stripping Jordan Devlin of his championship. You didn't even see when Pete Dunne is stuck in the UK. You didn't even see them strip Matt Riddle and him of their championships. They got Timothy Thatcher to be Matt Riddle's interim partner. You're telling me you're doing this on the same in the same company, under the same umbrella, two different shows I understand, but all these people get to keep their championships and Sami Zayn done it, doesn't? I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Look, right now that's what it looks like. Maybe it could turn into a storyline. Maybe when Sami comes back, he can face the, you know, the the new champion. Who knows? Maybe they'll put on Cesaro or Nakamura and they'll have a match with those guys and start a breakup of that faction or whatever. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, you say that nobody has to worry about losing their spot. You say nobody has to worry about losing their job, uh, anything like that. Well, jobs, we already talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, anything like that, and you go ahead and strip Sami Zayn of your champ of his championship. That's bullshit. That is total bullshit. I call. All right. I mean, I don't know. That's just doesn't make any sense to me. I guess it's a point of the thing. We're gonna have to wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens. But I like that Sami Zayn's having a little fun with this. He's saying that it's a disgrace that this is happening on Twitter. He's saying it's a disgrace this is happening, and I will be. I and to my eyes. I never lost the Intercontinental Championship, so I am un- I'm undefeated, and I and I'm still Intercontinental Championship. Fortunately, to the record books, Sammy, you are not. But I wish you were right. And WWE on Fox put up on Twitter saying uh, the new inter the new Intercontinental Champion will sh- uh, the new inter it said new Intercontinental Champion will be. Uh, and I think. I think Sami Zayn said something like uh, "ashamed of them should be ashamed of themselves." I think he said something like that. I think I said this to Sean the, uh, yesterday. Oh yeah, here it is. The new Intercontinental Champion should be, uh, and Sami Zayn ashamed of themselves. <laughs> so that's what happened there. Uh, I just think it's really, really shitty thing they're doing to Sami Zayn. I really don't like it, and I just think it's uh, a total bullshit that you're gonna do this to somebody. During this time of crisis, when you really say, "Oh, you don't worry about your spot being taken. Don't worry about your push being derailed." Yeah, well, that's not the case at all. It's always been a weird, weird thing with Sami Zayn. I just don't think the officials really care about him as much as they care about other people. I think they may actually find him annoying. 
But um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised in however many years times when his contract is up that he'll leave and we'll we'll see him pop up in AEW back as El Generico or or something. I don't know. Anyway, moving on to a little bit of NXT. We talked briefly on NXT just there a few minutes ago. But uh, I didn't get to watch NXT this week, but I will talk briefly about the highlights. I'll get more in-depth with AEW in just a few more minutes. So, uh, the NXT Tag Team Championships, uh, Tag Team Championship, was changed hands. We have new NXT Tag Team Champions in Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. Uh, Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle lost the NXT Tag Team titles. Uh, after I believe Timothy Thatcher refused to tag in Matt Riddle, and Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle started to brawl backstage. Uh, I like this a lot because, for one, uh, it gets the titles off of Matt Riddle uh, and Pete Dunne, Tim Thatcher, whatever, gets them off and puts Imperium in that place, so I'm happy with that. They're a great tag team. Uh, it starts a feud between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher, which I'm all for, thank you very much. Um, was this what they wanted to do with Pete Dunne? Uh, drop the tag titles to somebody and then eventually, you know, have Riddle and Dunne be um, a new, uh, you know, start a feud or something? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but we won't know, I guess, until Pete Dunne is able to come back to the States. And who knows when we're going to see Pete Dunne again. Uh, going th- through a little more of what happened on NXT this week. Um, real quickly, if I can just pull up what happened. And again, uh, Matt Riddle and Pete, uh, Matt Riddle and um, Timothy Thatcher fought throughout the uh, performance center, I believe. Uh, they had they had a big scrap going throughout, and a match was later confirmed in the night for Timothy Thatcher and uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, some other things happened in the night. It was it was uh, it was confirmed that it was Damian Priest who attacked Finn Balor. So now it was uh, it was uh, Cameron Grimes apparently had beaten Finn Balor after after Damian Priest hit Finn with a nightstick. After the match, Priest revealed he was the one who attacked Finn backstage. So now we're getting a few between. Uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Um, thinking about this real quickly, is it safe to say that NXT kind of dropped the ball with Finn Balor a little bit? Not a lot, but a little bit. You know, they turned him heel in the Gargano feud and nothing really came too much of it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that was the plan necessarily. I know they kind of wanted him to face Walter. Uh, for the UK takeover, but again, I think that's another reason why this uh, feud was put on hold, unfortunately, because we're not going to be getting that takeover match for a long time. I think when uh, things are going back to normal, I think we'll be able to have that match again once travel bans or uh, travel restrictions are no longer in effect and it's safe to travel places uh, again. Um, I would say we should have... um, Finn Balor and Walter for the UK Championship. Uh, Jack Gallagher beat Isaiah. Jack Gallagher had beaten Isaiah Swerve Scott in the Cruiserweight Tournament. Uh, Matt Riddle had beaten Timothy Thatcher with a roll up, and Thatcher attacked him after the match. 
And I believe that is what closed off NXT this week. Uh, again, didn't get to watch NXT this week. Uh, I've been behind on my AEW, and I really want to talk and focus on AEW this week because of Double or Nothing happening next weekend. Again, I would feel really stupid if I didn't find that out. Do and me me doing Double or Nothing predictions when the pay per view is next Saturday. But uh, let's go in depth with AEW this week. Uh, this was a really great episode of Dynamite. Uh, I haven't watched a full episode of Dynamite in quite some time. Uh, in this capacity with the new crowds. They're back in Daly's place. Uh, the show kicked off with Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer. Um, Jake the Snake just cutting a great, great promo saying how Archer is going to defeat Cody Rhodes. Uh, Cody came in to the arena with his truck and knocked down a barricade. Uh, Cody interrupted Jake, Jake and Archer. And uh, they started fighting. Cody had gotten the upper hand where Jake the Stink saying, no, 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 stop, stop. Not now, not now. I'm saving it for the pay-per-view, you know? Uh, Jake the Stink just kept saying shit the entire time uh, during uh, the brawl between uh, uh, Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes. I don't remember where I heard this or where I read this. It may have been Matthew from Botchamania slash Cultaholic. I think it might have been something somewhere on the lines of Jake the Snake gets horny to Lance Archer beating up Cody Rhodes. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I read that somewhere. Um, going on the show, we had the best friends with Orange Cassidy uh, versus Lucha Express featuring Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, Orange Cassidy came down in his typical sunglasses, denim sh- denim jacket, uh, sh- uh, pants, uh, denim pants, and uh, he was also wearing a face mask. And he had a fold-up chair. He had his legs kicked up. Uh, I think I like the funny line. I think it was from uh, either Tony Schiavone or Excalibur. Uh, I couldn't tell if it's a good thing uh, Orange Cassidy moved because I wasn't sure if he was just sitting there or if he fell asleep. Um Orange Cassidy making the best of this situation right now. Uh, the match ended in the end with uh, MJF getting involved, attacking Jungle Boy from the outside without the referee knowing. Uh, Ray Phoenix had gotten involved and attacked uh, Orange Cassidy, kicking him. Because apparently they're going to be meeting in the ladder match for the number one contender spot for the AEW Championship. Um... I like this match. It was a fun tag match with the Young Bucks kind of being out of commission at the moment due to their their travel ban. Well, we'll get into that later a little bit later on. Um, I really like these two tag teams. I'm actually currently wearing my Jungle Boy Luchasaurus shirt at the moment. Uh, you know, Jungle Boy is a is a guy, is a kid who can really, really go far. If you're not aware, he's Luke Perry's son, but I think this kid will make his own fame if he's not making it already in the f- few short years to come. Uh, he's a very unique, gifted uh, wrestler. And, you know, I think I remember at one point, not that long ago, that jo- uh, Jurassic Express were the uh, the number one merch seller in pro wrestling tees at one point. Um, they're a fun, fun group. Uh, everybody loves Luchasaurus. Everybody loves Jungle Boy. Uh, and I think with, I- I'll say it right now, give it like maybe five years or so, I could see... Jungle Boy being AEW champion. Going through the rest of the card. 
there's a fatal four-way match between Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker, uh, Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, Chris Statlander, and not Sadie Gibbs. What's her name? Uh, Penelope Ford. Uh, kind of determine who will be the number one contender for the AEW Women's Championship. Um, Hikaru Shida won the match. This was one of the more better AEW women's matches I've seen in a while. I didn't get to cover the Britt Baker-Hikaru Shida match that happened on Dynamite a few weeks ago. That was really, really great, and I think that was one of Britt Baker's, Britt Baker's breakout moments. Uh, for anybody listening to this podcast, know that I'm a big fan of Britt Baker. I have been for a long time. I'm glad she's getting into a prominent role in AEW. Uh, it seems like her and Chris Statlander may have a match at Double or Nothing or maybe next week on Dynamite. I'm not sure they, they uh, announced it because at the end of the match, Britt Baker, I loved this. She she put on a rubber glove and got her submission finisher on her. And Chris Statlander was tapping, but it didn't matter. At this point, Britt Baker didn't care about the win anymore. She just cared about hurting Chris Statlander, which I really, really enjoyed. And um, I hope they have a match double or nothing or something, you know, because I would like to see those two work. Hikaru Shida had beaten, had, had won, I think, by, by pinning Penelope Ford. It was officially made that a double or nothing, uh, Nyla Rose would defend against Hikaru Shida. Oh, real quickly before uh, I forgot to mention, NXT's next takeover will be... NXT TakeOver In Your House. Triple H saying for the reason that's been the 20-year the twenty year anniversary since so the first In Your House and given the certain certain, uh, certain circumstances of the world, we're going to be bringing entertainment to you in your house. So good on that. Good to see the TakeOver matches are still going to be happening while under quarantine. Uh, next we had Kenny Omega and Broken Matt Hardy versus Santana and Ortiz. This match was fun. Um, it wasn't nearly as crazy as it was as the one last week, um, but it was fun. It was uh, it was a good match. Uh, I'm glad to see Matt Hardy seems to be having fun with this. Uh, it's strange to see how Kenny Omega is having um, uh, different mixed match partners every once in a uh, every few weeks or so. Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy make a pretty pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's two big solo stars thrown together. What can you do? But um, it was fun. This match was a lot of fun. Uh, Santana Ortiz playing great heels here. Uh, and Kenny Omega, just man, he's still the best. Kenny Omega's still the best wrestler in the world, dude. He really is. Uh, MJF had beat local jobber Lee Johnson. After the match, he had cut a promo saying that he gets to face Marco Stunt next week as a warm-up for his match against Jungle Boy because at Double or Nothing, MJF will be facing Jungle Boy. And I remember Tony Schiavone previously last week had announced that, and then MJF had spit out his water saying, I didn't sign up for that. And I love how MJF this week also had a Burberry face mask, making the best of a bad situation there, MJF. After the um, match that Sherco had had with Sug D, aka he calls him Pineapple Pete. After the match, Jericho tells the Elite to get their shit together and face the inner circle in a stadium stampede match at Double or Nothing. Vanguard One had came down and asked if the Elite accepted. And if you saw on Vanguard One's screen, it says we accept. And then Jericho had a baseball bat in his hands, took the baseball bat, and destroyed Vanguard 1 and shattered him to pieces. Matt Hardy then came down, distraught, upset, holding Vanguard 1, which, if you're not sure, Vanguard 1 is a droid. No, I'm sorry, uh, a drone. Uh, 
and the inner circle make way and leave. Matt Hardy considers Vanguard One to be his best friend, like family. And if you're not aware of the broken Matt Hardy universe, uh, just go back and watch some Impact videos and you'll understand the broken brilliance of Matt Hardy. Um, he looked distraught. He was upset. Uh, Jericho had challenged, again, the Elite to a stadium stampede match at Double or Nothing. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Uh, Daly's place is attached to the Jacksonville Jaguars football arena. So... I guess we're going to be getting a brawl around that arena, around the stadium. Who knows? I guess in lieu of the blood and guts match. Um, Brody, uh, Mr. Brody Lee is now calling himself the AEW World Champion. The self-proclaimed AEW World Champion. Uh, Brody Lee had stolen the AEW Championship from John Moxley last week. John Moxley comes in and he was pissed when he came into this building. All he wanted was his AEW Championship back. Brody Lee had a match against Christopher Daniels. Afterwards, John Moxley attacks Dark Order members when Brody Lee leaves with the title, and he tells Brody that he made a foolish decision by taking his title and he'll pay for it at Double or Nothing. Going through overall, this episode of AEW Dynamite was pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, definitely going to have to watch the other matches that have happened in the past number of weeks and go forth and uh, see what, uh, just really what I missed. I've missed a lot, and uh, it was just nice uh, a nice change of pace for the alternative. I missed the alternative in pro wrestling that AEW provides. Uh, also, big news for the TNT Championship match. Cody Rhodes uh, facing Lance Archer. They made it to the finals of this match. And it seems that Iron Mike Tyson, that's right, you heard me right, Iron Mike Tyson will be presenting the TNT Championship for Cody and Lance's match. Um, the TNT Championship is going to be AEW's mid-card title. Um... The match looks really good from what I see on paper. Uh, Cody, I think, still to some people can be very underrated. Uh, but to me, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, he has able been to get the crowd behind him. He is the people's wrestler. He really understands fans who have been jaded and who have been upset with how pro wrestling is. And he's been showing and they I think AEW as a whole have been showing that for the past year that wrestling can be fun, wrestling can be good, it can be great, it can be all those things it once was and if you like WWE they're like, you know, that's fine, but we want to provide something for the alternative for someone who doesn't necessarily want to watch the same old rigmarole of WWE. So, going through real quickly, the AEW uh, double or nothing card at the moment. Currently, it is John Moxley versus Brody Lee for the AEW title. Cody Rhodes versus a uh, Lance Archer for the TNT title. Like I said, with Mike Tyson presenting the title to the winner. Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida in a no disqualification match for the AEW Women's Championship. Earlier in the night, uh, Hikaru Shida was having an interview segment. Nyla Rose came out and said, "You know what? You're the winner. You're the champion. You're the winner. You're gonna be facing me. Uh, but I also, but I have a gift for you." And then behind she had a kendo stick and hit Nyla Rose. I'm sorry, hit Hikaru Shida in the face, which didn't look all that great, in my opinion. 
uh, MJF versus Jungle Boy, and the ladder match for the casino, uh, they call it the casino ladder match, instead of having the casino battle royal, you know, and having not too many people in one, one space with the ring and everything. Uh, we have the competitors right now are Darby Allen, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, and one, two, three, four, five more spots open. So there's going to be ten people in this match. Um, if I'm looking at the AEW roster, I'm not exactly sure what that's going to mean uh, as to who they can put in that spot. Um, I guess maybe they could put Pentagon in there. They could put Pentagon. They could put um, Christopher Daniels. They could put Scorpio Sky. Uh, they could put, I don't know. There's plenty of people right now, but I'm trying to get the full double or nothing card here, even though I got some of it. Um, real quickly, I want to try and speculate who could be in there. I mean, we have, uh, you could put, probably Sammy Guevara will be in that match, maybe. Uh, Chris Jericho has yet to have a match. Uh, well, Chris Jericho does have a match announced, sort of. We also have Private Party of Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn versus the best friends of Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta in the pre-show for the number one uh, contenders for the tag team titles. Um, and the Stadium Stampede match apparently will be Matt Hardy and the Elite feature. Right now, it says on Wikipedia, the Elite and Matt Hardy, Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks versus the Inner Circle, Chris Jericho, uh, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Originally, this whole thing was supposed to blow over at uh, Blood and Guts in Newark, which myself, Sean, our buddy Stiggy, and uh, our friend Nate, former guest of this podcast, Nate, um, were supposed to go to. Um, that show was postponed to July 22nd, but with the way things are going, I don't know if I'm going to be going to that show. Who knows if wrestling shows or concerts are going to be happening at all this year, I I just I we just don't know at the moment. Um, the rules for this match haven't necessarily been provided. Uh, Vanguard one, at least from the TV viewer side, said that they accepted the match because even the commentators were just like, "Well, did they accept or not? I don't know what's Jericho talking about." Um, I don't know how this is going to work. Uh, I guess they're going to try and get something. I mean, as far as I know, Hangman Page has been self-quarantining at home. The Young Bucks live in California, so they've been stuck there. Um, and they just had uh, another three months added to their quarantine. So I don't know how this is going to work. But I imagine AEW has something up their sleeves. Tony Khan must have something up their sleeves or whatever. And I guess they want to try and replicate what happened in that match with Hardy and Omega against Jericho and Guevara. So, I mean, it could be a lot of fun, them fighting all over a football stadium. Uh, Cody being in the, like I said, the TNT Championship match, so he won't be a part of that uh, that whole brawl, that whole feud, that uh, the match against the Inner Circle. Uh, kind of separated himself there, which is why they still have Matt Hardy. I probably would have guessed for sure that Matt Hardy would face Chris Jericho in a match, but I guess maybe they want to save that one-on-one -on -one encounter. But anyway, I think, looking at the card right now, I think Double or Nothing will still be a fun show. Even though it sucks that it can't be in Las Vegas, I still think it's going to be a fun show. 
AEW have yet to put on a pay-per-view with the no crowd situation. WWE have had a few under their belt already. They've had WrestleMania and they've had Money in the Bank. But this is AEW's time to show that they can still put on a great pay-per-view even though there are no fans currently. So I have a lot of faith in the AEW booking team. I have a lot of faith in what they're going to be doing. Um, It just makes me interested to see. Um... Because another thing I like that AEW is doing that WWE is not is that they're having some of the wrestlers and the employees and the crew be a part of the audience. You know, where one side is a heel is a heel side, the other side is a babyface side. I love that so much, and I think it adds more to the element of the show. I like that a lot better than just no people in the arena at all other than the wrestlers, the referee, and the commentators. I think it's really, really great that they still do that. And that's something that I think WWE should do, but at the same time, AEW is doing it, and I don't want them to copy each other. I don't know. I, I really like the differentiality, the differences between both brands. Um, because both shows automatically feel different. I like that there are inter- and there's interaction and that there's there's people in these shows for AEW. I guess that's all for me for tonight, tomorrow, today, morning, afternoon, whenever you are listening to this. Uh from me, CJ Palmasano. Uh thank you so much for listening. Uh again, I did mention where you could listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Podbean, wherever you can listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review, uh, write a review, subscribe, hit all those buttons you could possibly find. Tell your friends about this. Uh, and please be sure to follow us on Twitter at TNAWP, Instagram, The Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Like us on Facebook at The Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for dealing with my antics and my ranting for this week. It's been a little while since I've done it just by myself. I've uh, really enjoyed that Sean has come back, at least for the time when he can be around and still do this podcast with me. That's one positive that this quarantine has done for both of us. Um, we'll be back again next week, and next week we will be covering, next week we'll be covering AEW Double or Nothing. Um, that is when it will be happening. It will be happening next weekend, May 23rd, uh, on Bleacher Report Live, I believe you can get it on, or you can stream it. I don't know. I'm not an advocate for AEW, but I sure would like to be. I'd like to have <laughs> have some AEW money. Anyway, I'm rambling on here. So thank you so much for listening. Hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Nine of the Wrestling Podcast. I am CJ Palmasano, and we will see you next time.